Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Lawson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. That's right. We still need a new intro because we don't have all the players mentioned for Rebel Yell. I'm Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you as we're going to be talking about Through Imperial Eyes. I'm not alone, though. Thank God. It's good to have people with me. And starting first with my brother from another mother, Eris Schernevice, who needs to be in the intro. Eris? What's up? I like to think that I'm the company that Han is yelling at Luke about. Well, there was a time where you were. There was there was a, still am. there was a time when you were, but no. Now you're more permanent. Now you're part of the uh, now you're part of the rebellion proper. And, and you're I'm here. That, I, I am that that cast member that is the special guest star right now, and then gets added to the credits next, next season. That's right. That's right. Well, we're looking. That's the way I like to look at. You it. know what? If I'd get on the ball, we'd it'd be even sooner. But no, you know. there's only a couple episodes left this season, so yeah. Well, and we're excited on this particular episode to have this guy with us. How bizarre. Shaz Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar. And here I thought it was, was the seagulls. <laughs> uh-uh. This is your theme song. It's techno and retro. Thank you. Shazbazar. Our good friend Shazbazar from Techno Retro Dads. He co-hosts Techno Retro Dads with his good buddy Jedi Schwa. But this is Shazbazar. Shaz, thanks for showing up and welcome to the show, sir. Man, I'm glad I can be here. Teresa was going to be with us. She's had a little bit of extra craziness in her life today. She says to tell everyone she misses you. She can't wait to be back. And uh, we even thought she'd be back with us, but uh, unfortunately not tonight. But we do have, as we said, Chaz Bazaar. So it's and we and we do miss Teresa, and we look forward to her coming back. We certainly do. We certainly do. So Chaz, before we get going, uh, what what can people expect uh, from the latest techno retro dads? From uh, the one that just happened, or the one that's about to happen? Both. Well, Oscars. We're mm. all about the Oscars from 1977. So like, the, so like the Grouch? <laughs> no. Oh. Oscars can make you grouchy sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then the moonlight shines and everything's okay. Mm. Uh, but no, we were talking about when they got it right the first time, and that was that was 1977, Best Picture. Rocky. Oh, Rocky. That's right. That was great. Um, and next week, you know, King Kong's coming out soon. Skull Island. Oh yeah. So I imagine Ten days. Some yeah, we're gonna be doing some Kong talk. Air shit and counting down or anything. 
Is that a monkey? Yeah, <laughs> I saw the latest preview. Oh, of I, oh awesome. I, I call him. I, I cannot wait for this just epic monkey silliness. I call them awesome. I call them skull cr- skull crawlers. Look, sounds a lot better. Now that I say it out loud, though, <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought about it. It was just the first thing that came to my head. You all really shouldn't have come. You're gonna die. <laughs> I get Ralph has a beard. Well, you gotta. Well, I, I'll take you back to some past the corn a while back when this trailer first dropped Irish and I told you I don't think I was excited as excited for the movie as you were like I wasn't as you impressed you, you don't like and I got on you that you yeah. don't like giant monkeys and nothing could be further from the truth these later trailers have really fired me up good the one of him fighting the dinosaur looking monsters and everything shoot dinosaurs dinosaurs Steve. yeah so uh so yeah well, so, and then this weekend we got Logan. I mean, bam, bam, two big flicks. It's like the summer has started, and it's only—it's not even St. Patty's Day. Yet. Yeah, we're no, going, but it's eighty degrees. Yeah, we're it we're is. about to get we're about to start getting smacked upside the head uh, on a monthly basis with some good yeah. stuff. So, um, and tonight, as of this recording, uh, after we're through recording, Jimmy Kimmel will have his show tonight, and we'll be debuting. The uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy, the final Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two trailer. Actually, I think Ooh. I think this is the first full trailer for it. I think oh, is all it? All we've got so far is like two sort of teaser trailers. Right, but what I've been like, seeing is that this is the final trailer. I wouldn't be surprised if they're, we're just going to get this one full trailer and right. then that's it. Yeah, you know, probably a few like TV spots sure. here or there as we get closer to. Uh, to the picture opening, but sure. and he's going to have Chris Pratt on. Oh yeah, tonight, and that that's why Chris Pratt is a guest, and then they're going to debut the trailer. Yeah. So that has nothing really much to do with Star Wars, unless you want to make that Chris Pratt connection, who's in that latest Josh Gad Instagram video with Daisy Ridley being questioned by everybody. I think you and I were in that video too. I mean, who isn't in that video? I think he said he was going to be in Avengers. Yeah, he's like, I can, I can answer that. Uh, I'm in the Avengers. Uh, Jurassic Steve, World Two comes out Steve, next. Steve, I week. know J.J. Abrams has been campaigning that you get an Oscar nomination for the Last Jedi. Well, yeah, me and Mark, we're going to share it. Mark Hamill and I will share the Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you remember last year, Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Yeah, that that did him a lot of good. Well, I mean, look, I'm just saying. He, he got a Golden Globe. Yeah. Got a Golden Globe. Oscars is a different story. Oscar is you know? a different story, but I'll tell Oscars, you this. they take it seriously. You know, you know, no messing around with the Oscars. No giving the award to the wrong person or anything like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, really? Does that happen? Hey, I was just glad to hear that Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard finally got their Oscar for Moonlighting. <laughs> uh, that would be an Emmy, sir. Oh, okay. I'm confused. Um, TV. No, look, look. Last, last year, but uh, Sylvester was nominated, wasn't he, for an Oscar? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, see? He was kind of... He was the sentimental favorite to win it, but he didn't win. Yeah, but you he know what? Marble uh, our, our Mark Rylance won it for uh, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, but you know what? Sylvester Stallone deserved it. You know what? In hindsight, a year removed, I totally agree with you. And and so 
you know, depending on what happens in this movie and what Mark Hamill is up to in this film, what Luke's up to in this film, he very well could be awarded an Oscar for his portrayal. It's very possible. Yeah. I mean, highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. You know, the Academy hates genre movies unless it's a technical award. That's not true. Come on. That's not true. It is true. It, it, it's, it's not true. It was just like, you know, I mean, look, The Martian was nominated for Best Picture last year. It was just, uh, what, like 15 years ago that Return of the King won Best Picture. Yeah, but that was Ava- like... Avatar was nominated for Best Picture right, about 10 years ago. Right, it's but... Just- the Lucas it, name on things. That's what it is. Star Wars was nominated. It was nominated. Do you remember what beat Star Wars? Yes. Uh, Annie Hall. Exactly. You know what I've never seen? Annie Hall. Exactly. I'm going to rectify that this year. No, I'm not. <laughs> I am. I refuse. I refuse I've to ever watch. See what is so great about this no, movie. No, I refuse to ever watch it because there's no way. It's like this dude came up to me one time. At church, and he was, and this is when the Hunger Games were first coming out. And he asked me because he knew I was into movies and stuff. He said, "Have you watched this Hunger Games yet?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "Man, you need to see it. It's the best movie I've ever seen." And I just stopped and I looked at him and I said, "Have you never seen Star Wars?" And he said, "Yeah, I've seen Star Wars." I said, "Then that's the best movie you've ever seen." I, I watching the and, and this, I'm going to talk about the Oscars here for a second, but it actually has something to do with Rebels. Watching the Oscars Sunday night, you know David O. Yellow O. And I apologize if I just mispronounced his name. Were you just trying to um, yodel? Wait a second, you mean Agent Callis? Yes, comes out to present one of the awards, and I'm just watching this, and I'm like, I bet that 90 percent of the room has no idea that this guy voices a Star Wars character. Mm. <laughs> I've been very. Just, you never ever like. And in fairness, like when it comes to films, he's always playing somebody very serious. I mean, it was just Dr. Martin Luther King a year or two ago and stuff. I mean, very serious roles. And then he's Agent Callus, and he's amazing as Agent Callus. But when you see him interviewed on TV or see pieces about him in magazines or whatever, it's like they never mention that he's a voice of a Star Wars character. But I, you know what? I'm, you may be surprised at how many, how some people may know that. I, I saw an article. I, I hope, I hope a lot of people know it. But I just, that was just my little thing. I'm like, I bet most of this room is clueless to the fact that he's a Star Wars character. And look, I'm going to revisit a joke I just made because it got no love. But I want to go back to your pronunciation of his last name. I thought you were trying to yodel. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking for the chat to respond. Once again. No, I was talking about you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, yellow, yo. Um, so, all right. Um, no, I, I saw an article recently or something recently where uh, I want to say it was Rosario Dawson was asked. Um, is that her name? Yeah. Claire, the night nurse, Rosario Dawson. Yes. She was asked uh, if she could be in Star Wars, what character would she like to play? And she's like, I'd love to play Ahsoka. Mm, I, I mean, that. that's cool, right? It's cool yeah. that she knows who Ahsoka is and, yes. and thinks that that would be a high-tier character to play. Yes, exactly. But I've already got Ahsoka cast for a live-action Ahsoka movie. Oh, who have you got? Same one who's been playing her all these years. Oh, Ashley? Yeah, exactly. 
Ashley Eckstein's make, gotta be. Yeah. Make Ashley up. I can see that. I'm for it. I'm not against it. Well, and look, I, I think that the reality is if you're gonna do a live action Ahsoka thing, she's gonna be a CGI character. You know, I think that she's gonna be uh you know, like Stoke or like K two SO was, and so of course it would be Ashley doing it. She's, she could still do the voice. You could put her in the mocap outfit and have her on set doing everything, and then you just create it as a digital character. Yeah. Well, look, I'm down for I'm down for whatever. I'm down for live action Ahsoka. Yeah. I am too. Most episode definitely. nine. Let's make it happen. Well, let's talk about um, this episode of Rebels. Uh, and and guys, please bear with me through another bad joke. It's called. Through Imperial Eyes. <laughs> and it's all about Agent Callus holding up a boombox uh, outside of Thrawn's office and playing him songs to help him understand that he's not the the spy, that he's not Fulcrum. And he plays Peter Gabriel, by the way. In Imperial Eyes. Callus gave Thrawn his heart, and he gave him pen. That's right. (laughs) 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 And we finally know what the pen is in his pocket. That's right. That was one of my favorite things of the episode, that we have finally seen code cylinders. Yes, yes. All these, like, for 40 years, like... All the cosplayers, customers, and artists, and everything like figuring out well, like, why do they carry these cigar holders in their uniforms. Now we know. Yeah, this. this is where you Lauren comes in. Imperial eyes. Oh, I was too short. All right. <laughs> Joke ruined. It just takes uh, Peter Gabriel so long to get there. It does. It does. It's like, come on, Peter. See, I had the... 17. You can't act like it's the 80s. That's right. I, I had the, the She's Got Betty Davis Eyes song. Oh, Sabba da Baba. He's got red glowing eyes. Sabba da Baba Basad. In, yeah, through imperial eyes. He's got blue skin. <laughs> He's got dark hair. Well, now hold on. Who sang that? He's got red clothes. Um, Car- Car- <clears throat> Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes. Yeah. Kim Carnes. Not King Kong. Not to be confused with King Kong. <laughs> King Kong. King Kong <laughs> sang, sang that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be one of those. Um. I- I think I did a Betty Davis eyes parody somewhere along the line. I'm, it would not surprise me. And you probably, you probably, uh, uh, I, I, I smell a he's got red glowing eyes parody. Yeah. Showing up next week when we record the next episode. I was going to say, you probably, you probably pounded it out in about five minutes. <laughs> Agent Callus, there's an infiltrator in our midst. I believe as they call him Fulcrum. How about that Thrawn accent? <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time understanding what he's saying. 
Oh, he's got red glowing eyes. I like it. <laughs> oh man. He's got blue skin and the dark hair. So, um, just out of the gate, what'd you guys Shaz overall thoughts about this episode? Um, how how'd you feel about it? Oh, well, it's a Thrawn episode, and he actually is moving around and fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was cool. I like the dark troopers in it. Yeah. I, uh, I think you start getting the idea that Thrawn has known some things all along. I don't think Thrawn has, is trying to figure out who Fulcrum is. He's just waiting to expose him to everyone, hmm. to other people. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute because I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I fully agree. Eric, what overall thoughts about this episode? I gotta say I really enjoyed this episode. It uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to uh, when I saw the preview for it. Um, I just I liked I liked the intrigue both on on Callus's part. I liked how crafty he was and switching the code cylinders and doing everything to set that young lieutenant up. Um, I loved the return of you, Lauren, and I thought he was fantastic in this episode. I liked the, I liked the, the couple little scenes we'd get with him and Thrawn, like strategizing together, um, and they they felt like two equals to me, which I thought was really cool. Um, and Thrawn was greatness. We got to see the physicality of him. He's not just this this guy who's like you know prim and proper and like you know the smartest guy in the room he can kick some butt too yeah um i really dug it and then the implications at the end the way it all resolves itself like you know there's all kinds of potential there too so agreed we also um we we opened this i i love this episode i thought it was a great uh contrast to last week's episode of you know Mandalorian zipping around and flying around all the action packed stuff to now a, a story of intrigue there was a lot of suspense there were moments I mean like I really was you know as much as one can be on the edge of their seat I was kind of on the edge of my seat for this thing uh, w- with what was going on just wondering mm-hmm. you know at what moment is someone going to get called because it was one of those situations where nothing went right for anybody until kind of toward the end and, and, and it, it anybody was, could get caught any time. Yeah, it was a classic out of the frying pan into the fire constantly kind of situation, Star Wars kind of situation where you just have to hang on uh, because we're we're rolling. How did you guys feel about Erish the uh, the opening scene um, with the point of view of Callus? You know, from from the. Uh, along- I, I I know that Filoni's talked about at one point they were looking into doing the entire episode from Callus's point of view like that. I, I'm glad that they weren't able to do that. I thought the opening scene, it was cool, but it really didn't add anything to it. I mean, right. it, yeah, it, I, I just, it, it was a, a cool little trick. That yeah. was about it. It didn't really feel Star Wars to me, Shaz. How'd you feel? Well, you know, it, it would have been cool if it would have been the entire thing and you're not sure who the person is for a while, you know, it yeah. doesn't take you long to figure out his callous. Um, cause you know, that it's going to be whoever is going to look in the mirror right. is going to be the one who's, who's pegged as being the, the traitor. What would have been cool to me is if it had been, you know, price showing up in the mirror. 
Mm. You know, that maybe she's the one that's going to be caught as as the traitor. And so I was waiting. I was looking at those hands, and then all, all I could think of with those hands are, why is he washing his gloves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Filoni addressed that in the Rebels Recon. Uh, he mentioned, you know, that it, it, they didn't have a model of him in pajamas. Like they, I don't care. Why is he washing his gloves? Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, the, that point of view with the revealing of Callus and stuff, it would have worked to if we didn't already know that Callus was right. Fulcrum. Right. Mm. That's but true. For, later on for, in the episode, for the viewer, there's no who is Callus suspense to this episode. Right. The suspense is is Callus going to get caught? Sure. And, um, and so if we didn't already know that Callus was Fulcrum, then mm-hmm. doing an entire episode from that one character's point of view and not revealing who it is until the very end could have been really cool and like really edge of your seat tension and stuff. But in this case, it just it wouldn't have fit. Um, I, I agree. I, I, I thought it was a fun trick and I'm glad they didn't stick with it the whole time. And, um, you know, obviously, I'm constantly reminded that this is as much a show for kids as it is for us grown-up Star Wars fans. And one of those things that remind me of that is the lack of a plot twist on Callus being Fulcrum, that he really is this Imperial spy. Um, You know, there's enough adult themes to that that keeps us a little bit engaged. But, you know, for the kiddos, it's like, well, they don't have to do, they don't have to process too, too much. Not saying that kids are dumb. But if you start making things too complicated, I'm, you know, most kids are going to be like, eh, okay. You're saying kids are dumb. No, I'm not. I'm not saying kids are dumb. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, I, I, I am saying that Ezra's kind of dumb. Send your tweets to Steve Glosson. Let him know that you think that kids aren't dumb. <laughs> Everyone knows I love kids. Everyone knows I love kids. Uh, well, th- now the last time we saw callous fulcrum thing like i was left with the impression that he might be a double agent right right and, yeah, and, said that. And, and this this episode kind of disproved that that he is truly a, a spy for the for the rebellion well he is or, now yeah. or for this for the rebel cells right um so i think it's it my idea that he might be playing both sides i think that I don't see it that way anymore. Well, when did you you decide that he's not playing both sides? Just throughout this episode. I mean, everything he did, unless I mean, early on, whenever Ezra was there to get him, and and uh, they're blaming each other for playing the long game. Yeah, but I mean, his he said it. I, the way I saw it through this whole episode is, you know, he's he's. Uh, He's trying to set up as many outs as he can for himself. Um, so if you know, if getting off the ship and just actually escaping with Ezra, that's one out. But setting the lieutenant up so that he can capture him and say that he's caught Callus, and basically setting the young lieutenant up as uh, not Callus as Fulcrum, yeah. that's another out. So he's. The, episode, the whole episode, he's just constantly working, trying to, to to write himself. And if he was, unless he's playing a super long con with Thrawn against the the uh, rebel cell, 
then nah. I don't see him being uh, playing both sides. Mm-mm. I think he's just he's looking out for his own now. I, I, I agree. You know, the thing that the reason I brought that up is is Ezra, you know, says that he thinks Callus might be playing the long game against them. And Callus says, well, I, I could say the same thing about you. And I'm thinking, what do the Rebels gain by playing a <laughs> long game with with Callus? You know, there's no gain there to double cross him. Well, they, you know, they continue to gain intel until they do completely yeah. double cross, and then just turn him into the to the Empire. Or yeah, yeah, get him out of the way. I mean, it eliminates him as a threat. Well, maybe. if if Callus is no longer in position within the Empire, then he's what does he have to offer them? He's a heck. Nothing he's a heck of a fighter. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna just, say he's a he'd be a good leader. He'd be good in the rebellion itself. I think. Right. But I think that even that, I mean, are they going to trust him immediately? You know, they're they're not going to put him in charge of a cell or anything right. because, he, you know, he's already betrayed the Empire. Who's to say that he's not going to turn around and betray you back to them? Yeah, yeah and he might be too I, I, expensive I th- to I think pay. that, uh, you know, for the Rebels, they get, they get more use out of him if he stays an Imperial. Sure. Well, somehow they got word that Fulcrum's been found out, and that's what brings Ezra to try to extract Callus, right? Um, from from the situation. And and by the way, they had time to make Ezra a new look. Yeah, they um, gave him a new outfit. Yeah, but that the, wasn't his, his Lothalian bounty hunter outfit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he had the whole well, voice. And, he had the whole clear, he had the whole sorry. Bush he had the whole Bush voice changer thing going for a minute there. Well, it, and clearly that helmet was done before Sabine left, uh, you know, stayed behind with their family. Oh, sure. Right. They got the helmet from uh, Clancy Brown's character, didn't they? Kind of looked like oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It did look like that helmet. But she painted the, the love cap yeah, on it. Yeah, right. Well, um, it doesn't take her long to start painting something as soon as she gets it. You ever see that TIE fighter? I kind of yeah. like it. <laughs> I did like the, the, the Jeff Gordon DuPont type. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All it needed was the old number 24 on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was ready to hit Daytona, son. Look at that. I'd, I'd, make, I'd make a NASCAR reference and you Southern boys get all excited right now. I, you know what? I, don't, I can honestly say I've never watched a NASCAR race in my life. I watched the Daytona 500 on Sunday. I, I bet you did. You well, I'll be in Daytona in three weeks. How about that? Mm. Nice. <laughs> Not quite the Redneck Riviera, but close. No, no. I'm much closer to the Redneck Riviera. Indeed. <laughs> um, that'd be Panama City, for those of you wondering. That'd be Panama City. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Um, so, so Callus, this whole thing centers around... You know, Ezra thinks he's there to extract Callus. Meanwhile, Ezra's got an extraction coming in the people of, in the persons of Kanan and Rex, uh, decked out in their stormtrooper armor, ready to uh, to come in and extract. But for whatever reason, this lieutenant and and uh, I'm trying to find his name. Um, list. 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 Yeah. List and price. It's the list price. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Lieutenant uh, List is going to. Uh, he's bound to turn. He's like, let's take this prisoner over with us to the Chimera, which I'm glad that that's something that stuck around from Legends, the yeah. name of Thrawn's ship. Um, to the Chimera, let's take this prisoner with us uh, in case Thrawn's got something for him. 
Well, that really throws a wrinkle in the plan because now they need all new access codes. So thank God for yep. AP5 and Chopper. Right. Or thank the force what? for AP5 and Chopper. Um, <laughs> which, that's really all they had to do in this episode was they were just there to make sure they could get some, some codes transmitted, apparently. Yeah, I don't know why they were put on there in the first place. AP5 and Chopper? Yeah. Oh, maybe to because they 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 knew that they would need some help getting Callus out of there. Maybe. Yeah. Well, and they knew that they were going to need some help getting Ezra out. Yeah. Well, that's right. He was intentionally going to get yeah. captured. Right. And, 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 and once again, it's another episode where you could have just sent Chopper and his Imperial guys <laughs> in all by himself, and he could have gotten the mission done. <laughs> that's true. No one but ever gets to believe they, they, he stole they, a space bus. They keep. Doing this, you know, where... one, no one ever gives <laughs> Chopper a second look when they paint his dome black. Exactly, and he's just able to roll around, go up to every data port he wants, get all the information he needs, and meanwhile, like the, I, I mean, the, the flesh and blood characters are always in, like you know, in peril and getting captured and stuff. So like, just send Chopper in by himself. Wasn't that similar to what happened in Empire? Like, Luke didn't have to go back to Dagobah. The only one they needed to get out of Dagobah, uh, not Dagobah, to Cloud City, the only one they needed to get out of Cloud City safely was R2. Right. Yeah. And if they had only listened to R2, they would have known all about the hyperdrive. Everything would have been solved, which is the yep. point. Nobody sees or hears droids, especially astromechs. They're invisible. Until you yep. need them. Herod, Herod would have her calicory right now if they just sent Chopper into her old family and That's stayed right. on his own. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And and and, uh, and and Ezra wouldn't have been tempted to steal it. Nope. Which, uh... Do y'all remember where, where you've seen this, this ship that Ezra stole before? No. That's from early on in the first season when uh, that's that star bus that Captain Rex was flying. Not our Captain Rex, the Pee Wee Herman Captain Rex. Oh, yeah. You know, the one where we yeah. first saw a Macquarie or C-3PO? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, it's, not, it's the same model. It's not the same one, is it? Right. No, I don't think it's okay. the same one, but I mean the same same style ship. Yeah, right. Yeah, the Star Tours. I like the callbacks. Yeah, the Star Tours. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. I didn't notice that until you just brought that up. That's great. Um we also we walk into Thrawn's office with uh, mm -hmm. with List and Callus, and their waiting for us is is now Colonel Yularen. And Eris, you mentioned uh, being really glad to see Yularen, and you like what they've done with him. Uh, you want to expound on that a little bit? Well, I just I, I, I th first off, I think it's kind of cool that he originated as one of the officers that we see in the conference room on the Death Star in A New Hope. Yeah, and so. When they were doing Clone Wars, they just kind of backbuilt his character. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the officers, you know, fighting for the Republic in Clone Wars, and now here we see him as uh, an a officer in the Imperial Intelligence Bureau, and you know, he's just this career military guy, and and I think that that's kind of cool. You know, he was part of the republic naval fleet and now he's part of the the empire's uh military and but what i really liked about him in this is he's 
so often the Imperials that we see in Rebels are kind of the, they're either the over-eager young officers like List in this episode, or they're kind of the Keystone Cop bumbling guys who never get right, can't ever capture the Rebels. So along comes Thrawn, who is like, you know, putting all the pieces together and the master planner and stuff. And so then we have Yularen with him, who was very level-headed to the whole thing. He's he's definitely a thinker. You see his experience coming into play. He's not afraid. You know, there's there's no intimidation around Thrawn. He speaks his mind to him. The two of them converse back and forth uh, as if they're equals to each other. Um, no talking down to one another. I like. I just really appreciated seeing that in this. Um, and you know, and Tom Kane just voices him so fantastically. I'm glad they um, stuck stuck with him. Really yeah, glad. Yeah, so am I. So am I. I just. I, I hope we get to see more of you, Lauren, as the series goes on. I, I he's a character I really like. I want to see more you, Lauren, because when. He's told that Callus is Fulcrum. I, I can say that already. We already you know. right, sure. Yeah, yeah. When, when he's told that Callus is Fulcrum, he's, you know, he's a little concerned about that because you know there's <clears throat> one of his star pupils, and I'm thinking, you know, his background being with the Republic, even though he is, he's a military man through and through. Could this cause him to be somewhat empathetic towards the rebellion, and could that color the way you see him in A New Hope? Just like Rogue One changed things. You never see him except in that one meeting at that mm-hmm. one point in the Death Star. Maybe he leaves that. Maybe he goes and, and gives some more information to Rebels. Maybe he's maybe he's becoming a fulcrum along the way. I don't know. I'd like to see some of that pan out with you, Lauren. Uh, How's he going to be so, affected so by Callus? is what I'm thinking. I, I think he just remains that imperial military guy and dies on the death star well he's a by the rules he's a by the rules kind of guy so is rex um and just i tell you what seeing him there and and having been a you know been a fan of sorts of you lauren um in the clone wars just makes me i don't know it kind of gave me a little twinge of sadness but he's still a nice guy he's still a good guy he's nice at the idea he's nice to callus yeah, but I think that that's his character. I don't think he – maybe he just doesn't play the politics of it at all. Maybe he doesn't see anything other than the military aspect. I don't know. He and I think honorable. that's it. That he's, not, he's not playing any politics. He's just doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, he's on the Death Star uh, when we meet him in A New Hope or when we see him in A New Hope. He's got to know what the Death Star is capable of by his presence there mm-hmm. um you know the only people who are talking really around that table when we when we come to it are, are tag and Madi, and then mm-hmm. tarkin comes in and vader and Madi have their little showdown um and and yularen just kind of sits there and just lets it all lets it all go down almost as if like i'm not going to say anything <laughs> he's listening he's isp man yeah yeah he's like the cia guy you know yeah. he knows when to keep his mouth shut and you know just take everything in. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. watching the scene right now just to kind of look and see that dude's reaction to Marty being choked, and he's just kind of staring at him like, yeah. um, this dude's just weird. 
Uh, he well, like he it, like it, he does not change, guys. Is. He does not change his expression at all the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> but what's really what's really interesting about that scene there is you know he's watching Vader choking him, and then you think back to the Clone Wars and all the experience that he had with Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's. You know, and, and and does he know? You know, is he another one of these guys that maybe inside his mind, you know, he's put two and two together, but probably hasn't. But maybe he's got some suspicions and, you know, he just because he's smart and experienced than the old guy, like he just keeps his mouth shut. Well, and not only that, like, but you mentioned he's just a he's just a by the books guy. He's not going to make any waves. He's going to do his job. Do you think he's ever even given consideration to that? Right. But I also like that. You know, he's on the Chimera because Thrawn has invited him to be there. Yeah, so Thrawn, Thrawn has... A- Thrawn has requested his presence to help, you know, with the interviews, with the interrogations, mm-hmm. to help suss out who Fulcrum is. So Thrawn clearly values his input and his right. expertise. Right, right, Also. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it. They really did, I thought, a really good service to that character. And because you don't get... As you know, Shaz, Shaz is able to look, watch it and say maybe he ended up defecting because of the situation with Callus, and and Shaz can see that in the guy's character. And then, but you also recognize that he's shrewd. And I thought they did the character very, very much uh, justice. I thought they did him well. Um, I think he's one of the best animated characters in the show. Period. So far. Oh yes. yeah, he's got a great look. He looks yeah, fantastic. He looks fabulous. Uh, well, let's. Uh, there's only one way to do this to talk about the man. Let let's talk about what we see Thrawn do in this episode. Watch the Thrawn sparring session with that song playing in the background. Yes, uh, indeed. <laughs> did you, Shaz? Yeah, of course I did. Because I mean, when I watched the episode, no, when I watched the episode on Sunday, like as soon as that sparring session started, the song came into my head. It was running through my head as I watched. Yeah, here's what I want. I never ask our listeners for anything, and I'm going to ask you now. For those of you who are good at um, at video production, I will send you, I will gladly send you this MP3 if you will take and edit this song into his sparring session as Callus and the gang walk by. And you, I, and, can't, I can't be part of and this you, request. And you, I, I'm not hearing this. And I've you, got earmuffs on right now. And you cause the, uh, the volume to go in and out as we change perspectives. And then when he shuts that door... <laughs> I can just hear behind there. <laughs> like he's he's working out to his own theme song. <laughs> and then like it's like it's like the MMA guy coming out to his tune. Yes, know? and then but then but then when the uh, when the droids when the uh, when the dark troopers come in and start attacking him in his office, like before he does anything, he has to run over and hit play. Bring it, you know. 
Ezra, suddenly Ezra's behind that thing like, what is going on? What the hell? <laughs> like the, the slab of concrete just starts like rattling and cracking. <laughs> like i was really scared for my life but it was also really weird <laughs> well you know he starts getting beat early on they're, they're getting him it's because he didn't have the song on right and he exactly. gets over there and pranks it on and That's now right. he's going he finally hits play i know what's <laughs> missing i have to hit play <laughs> Yeah, this is something we've not seen, and and quite frankly, even you know, as I recall, I've, now it's been years since I've read um, the Heir to the Empire trilogy and everything. But as I recall, we didn't really see Thrawn get very physical in those novels, did we? No, because he had a he, he had, had a Jordan. bodyguard, right? He had, he had the, right, he had the Nograi, the two Nograi, and actually his code word, yes to the the dark troopers in this episode was the name of one of the Nagrai. Oh, is that uh, true? Is that right? Yeah. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch it till the third time I saw it. I was like, wait a second. What did he just say? Oh, nice. That's great. It's Rook. Rook. Yes, that's you know, right. I called him Rook. Yeah. You know, so I didn't catch it. So, and then, because the second time he says it when he's in his office, you hear the H on the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it suddenly hit me. I was like, that's heir to the empire. I mean, you talk about putting that's, everything into this. That's it really fantastic. is. I, I, that slipped by me completely because it's been so long. But what I was going to say was that to see him be as physically dominant as he was during a sparring session, and then when it was real, and he had to take those guys out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like it. It adds this other layer of okay, this guy's kind of scary. He's that much more of a threat now. Right. Right. You don't want to get him caged because all he has to do is hit play and you're done. Yep. Oh, wrong, so- wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I hit my, my warm-up song first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just love the imagery of him hitting play and Ezra just being weirded out, hiding behind that piece of the Berlin Wall and just being completely freaked out. That's what it looks like. It's the Lothal Wall. It's the Lothal Wall. It's in Berlin. The Lothal Wall. It divided east and west Lothal. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Does does he... You know, he's got all these artifacts. Mm-hmm. I wonder if one of them's a CD player so he can play that song. Sure it is. Yeah, it's an iPod. Oh, he's, he, he's got the Holy Grail in there. He yeah. doesn't. Did he's you see that? One, one of the of... artifacts is the Holy Grail from uh, Last Crusade. Last Crusade. That's something yes. you could have told me to look for and, um, and told me where it was, and I would have never seen it until they pointed it out. At the end, he should have said, Agent Callus chose... Poorly. Poorly. Oh. No, I, I would have liked <laughs> chose to, to have poorly. heard that. Now, you, uh, Shaz, did you give us this photo here? 
Hey, I'm just sending you something else I saw. Is that for real? It's the trial by stone from the dark it crystal? sure looks like it to me. Nice. Trial by stone right there in his office. Wow. Beside, there's the lightsaber, then there's General Grease helmet, then yep. there's trial by stone. Trial by stone. Trial by stone. Trial by stone. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know what all he's got in there. He's got stuff from every movie you've ever seen. I, I, I've been looking for those obelisks all week. The obelisks? Out in the well, You mean like now, from 2001, obelisks? No, no, no. Like, uh, you know, like one's kind of, it looks kind of sithy. It goes straight up and then there's, it looks like it's got a Sith holocron on the top, which is not what it is, but I thought maybe it was from a Sith temple or something like that. Don't know. And then there was just one that was straight up and just had a pointy top that was kind of shiny. These were out in his mm. his vestibule. Well, I'm looking so, at the uh, I'm looking at the uh, episode guide now, and um, they they've got those that what you call trial by stone. There's two of them. It says uh, chipped rune stone. So chip, chip, that's, that's probably it. It looks so much like it the way it's mm -hmm. cut, you know, yeah. deep in the middle of it. And this this. Uh, this print is so small and you can't can't zoom in, <laughs> which is really frustrating. They've got Zamfir's pan flute in there, apparently. Zamfir. <laughs> Y'all remember him? Yeah, I think he's playing on pure mutations. Yeah. But who is Zamfir? Remember, there used to be these commercials of the dude playing the pan flute. <laughs> Hold on. Stamp. Is this a Star Wars I know you've thing? got the ad. No, 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 no. It was probably from the late seventies. This was like a Time Life commercial. Is this one of your like Finding Bigfoot, Big Honkin' Show parody thing? No, sir. It's not a parody. No, sir. I this think is you may have done a parody on this. It, is real life. The Zam. Here we go. This is the Zamfir pan flute commercial. Let me pull the. You've heard his hauntingly beautiful music in movies, on radio and TV. He's sold over 20 million records around the world. His name is Zom Fear. Master of the pan flute, that magical instrument with the unforgettable sound. Now in his magnificent all-new collection, Zom Fear plays the world's most beautiful melody. See there? That's a real thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I want to hear him play the Cantina song. Oh. <laughs> All right. Another thing I want to ask of our listeners, I never ask anything of you, but if you can play the if you can play the pan flute, could you please send us a copy of you playing the pan flute, uh, the Cantina song on the pan flute? That would be amazing. So what have we up to so far? Video, pan flute, Cantina Video is band. more likely to I've got, the pan I have flute absolutely nothing to do with the video that's fine cantina song nothing to do um, with that i don't want to know anything to do with that so it, many copyright infringement laws oh no it'll be fine <laughs> it'll be fine let's see i have searched for pan for cantina song on pan flute and i'm not getting anything no no that's something i've never never uh, heard of a lot of love songs <laughs> Can we talk for a second about the fact that a blind man was flying a ship through hyperspace and okay. an Imperial fleet? That's a real good idea. Whoa! <laughs> hey, Gramps, want to fill me in? Yeah. It's like, 
All right, I get that he's got the Jedi senses and stuff, but I'm sorry, not flying a ship. Yeah, he, who does he think he is, Al Pacino from Sin of a Woman? <laughs> Charlie. Uh, you know, maybe instead of sending the two droids with uh, with Ezra, you you keep one of them back to fly the ship for you, so yeah, the maybe. blind guy doesn't have to do it. Well, wh- um, why not? And then, and then Kanan gets, like, stunned. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, when was the last time we saw Kanan get played like this in an episode? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's been, I don't think we ever have. Kicking lately. Like, the, like he's not blind at all. Well, they also went in thinking that they were safe, that they were good to go. Yeah. Right. And, um... And so I think they let their guard down a little bit too much. I mean, I think this is a prime example of maybe they're getting a little too cocky. Mm-hmm. But maybe so, but I mean, it's also the coldness of price. I mean, as soon as he starts saying, well, you know, shoot him. Shoot him. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And so, it, and I and I defy them to tell me she's not based on the lady from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh, please. She's not. She's shorter than the the Russian. Yeah, but woman. she looks just like her. I know. Just, I'm just because saying. of the hair and the and the sharp features. I mean, didn't Edna Mole and The Incredibles have a similar hairstyle? No, uh, it was more. She's a blending of the two. No, she looked she looked more no. like the little lady that was the uh, principal in Kindergarten Cop. But don't you remember? Yes, she did. Don't you remember that first episode when when Thrawn was going to put on the cape? And she said, no capes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that who episode. Is, who is your daddy and what does he do? Now, he also has a, back to Thrawn's room, he also has a bust of, like, the species that is L.O. Asti. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a weird. Awakens, yeah. yeah, that's a weird thing to me. But that species always also looks a lot to me like, and uh, if you ever played the Knights of the Old Republic back in the day, the RPG, mm-hmm. there's a species where you go to this planet and and there's a bunch of them there and they look a lot like that. It's more of an aquatic type deal. They look a little bit like the ricotta. Yes, yes, they the, do. The shape of their heads. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a connection there to that. but Well, Etron <clears throat> also has an original Ralph McQuarrie painting. Yeah, that's, right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's... Uh, and they say it's the first time they've done this with Rouse actual artwork. Just put it yeah. into the uh, into the into the show this way. Um, and my, and my favorite little little nod to the novels is the uh, is the two kind of lizard carvings in oh, the yeah. background, kind of mimicking the Isala Mary. Is that the correct pronunciation, Mister Delray? That's how I say it. Okay. I don't know. I, I was just wondering. I'm not doubting you. I'm just asking. Why Salamir? I'm sure there's like 15 different pronunciations yeah. for it. I think Listen I'll... to the audio book. That'll give you the correct pronunciation. Mm. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes there's vaporators. Oh, no. It's vaporators. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Moisture vaporators. Um, my first job was programming binary load letters. Very similar to your vaporators. There's an awful lot of moisture in here. <laughs> it looks like we're walking on trash bags ground doesn't feel solid um another another great nod to the novels to me 
was his um was Thrawn's uh, per his deduction, I mean, Sherlock Holmes-like deduction of the Lothcat design on Ezra's bounty hunter helmet. Yeah. Yes. And, and the way he went through and, and, and described that. And he's like, look at the lines. This is, you know, this is the same style as Sabine Wren. And, uh, so obviously this was Ezra Bridger and there's one person who would have known that agent Callus. Yeah. Well, and, and we've seen yes. him, we, we've seen him throughout the, the season so far, like, you know, looking at his art, admiring his art, studying his art. But this was like the first time we've really seen him go through it and connect all the dots to yeah. get mm -hmm. to his conclusion. Yeah. And that was fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and to me, as, like I said at the opening, this, this episode is, is definitely a departure from the action packed episode, you know, that we saw last week, but, Man, the way that whole situation ends with him just calling Callus out and knowing it's Callus and like we're going to uh we're going to use this to our advantage. It's, right. It's just so, scary. Yeah, I, I mean, we we uh Shaz, you kind of hinted at this earlier, but like let's talk about this here now. So, we've got we've got um sorry, I'm like drawing a blank. So, Thrawn now knows Callus is Fulcrum. Right, for sure. And Thrawn Instead of capturing him and locking him up and punishing him and stuff, he's going to play Fulcrum now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, here comes all the misinformation. Here comes all the wrong data for you to pass on to the rebels. You're going to be my guy that's going to lead them right into my trap. Yep. Yep. That's what's going on. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the, but how he figures it out for sure and how there's before we, well, We've already gone there, but um, you you look at all the people who are watching this. All these things take place. List has been played by Callus, so yep. he's watching Price. And when he sees her attack stormtroopers, what he thinks he sees is a traitor. When actually yes. she's attacking rebels. Yes. Yep. Then List attacks Price, and Yularen's up on the balcony. What he thinks he sees is a traitor attacking an officer. Yeah, it's just one thing after the other. The only person who didn't see any of it looked at the art mm. and he figured it all out. You know, your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. I heard that somewhere in a movie once. It's brilliant. What movie was that? That's Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With a blast shield down, I can't even see. I was supposed to fight. Um, <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Shaz, since since you're since you're on a roll for a minute here, how how substantial is the fact that Chopper was able to change the location of the actual rebel base to another planet for Thrawn to be looking for? Now Thrawn knew that that had happened. Did now, here's he? why. He's looking at the whole thing, he's sitting there thinking for a moment. And is everything okay? It appears to be. It appears to be, but he's always below, be, beyond appearances. He knows. He knows all of those. There's there's only like, what, 94 planets as of our last count that he's down to? This is somebody who recognizes the, the angle of a line on a yeah. drawing. He knows all 94 planets. He's going over those in his mind all the time to try to figure out how – this fits together with trade or hyperspace routes and their proximity to Lothal. Uh, not to mention, you know, that he's got them down to these 94 in the first place because of all of his 
assassin droids that went right. out. He knows that that thing's been switched, which to me says he knows which planet it was. I think yeah, it's there. I, I, I agree with you. See, I don't know. I think it's our out. I think it's our it, one well, advantage that these guys have. Now. And if he doesn't know what he may not know what planet it is yet, but he knows somebody tampered with his map. Yeah, because I, I agree with you. He could probably recreate that entire map from memory. Mm. Yeah, he's a genius, and he's studied that map over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> it's not the first time that we've seen him looking at that map. So he is nonplussed by the changing of the planet. No, I think that he. I think that he realized somebody had had tampered with it. Mm-hmm. Do you think it makes him mad? No. No, I don't think. I don't think Thrawn gets mad. He seemed oh, he pretty gets mad, mad when his when his override code is gone. That's right, and he has to hit play. But see, I don't think that's him getting mad. I think that's just him kicking it up. That's him turning it up to 11. Mm. <laughs> that's what well, we once call... Once he started taking aim, he did kill those two droids in no time. That's what we call yeah. in the forestry vi- business a controlled burn. But it's it's efficiency, you know? It's efficiency. It's skill. It's This is this is how I destroy them. Bam, bam, bam. On to the next one. Mm-hmm. I need to say this real quick. On the latest Rock Out Loud, uh, we made our first ever definitive Rock Out Loud list, and we definitively named the Rock Out Loud top five vocalist of all time. Um, I've got to go back and uh, and and revamp that and put Shaz in there. Oh no, um, <laughs> he's rocking those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's rocking was, those notes, son. I was all on one take too. Exactly, oh one take Shaz. <laughs> was not <laughs> oh one take shaz I <laughs> how many this, times i can sh- switch voices i hope that stan bush was on that list uh, stan bush. oh no i gotta go back and put him on the list now <laughs> he deserves it that's right because he's got the he's touch. got the touch he sure does he sure does <laughs> so you can check that out geekoutpodcast.com you know in normal conversation you drop that name and people would look at you like you had three eyes <laughs> that's right <laughs> I love this safe place to geek out. I don't know, but he's big in Japan. So, so Toya so Nobokotoloko Stanbush. Stanbush. Yeah. Stanbush son. So, okay. Thrawn's playlist. Obviously, Thrawn aims to kill is on there. Betty Davis eyes and the touch is the touch on Thrawn's playlist. Thrawn, Thrawn red glowing eyes. I'm sorry, yeah, red glowing eyes and is the touch on his playlist? Or, or dare, dare, dare to believe you. <laughs> like Thrawn's, a, that, Thrawn's a total. Just trying to squeeze Transformers <laughs> songs in. Thrawn's a total '80s music junkie, man. He loves it. <laughs> he. <laughs> Well, the uh, the Peter Gabriel song is on there. Yes, in, in Thrawn size. <laughs> <laughs> Here I go again by White Snake, uh, <laughs> by White is Salamiri. Um, yeah, White is Salamiri. <laughs> 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 it, it's so in, in, in the. Music 
music video for that song? Is it going to be Hera, like, you know, throwing yourself on the hoods of land speeders? <laughs> no, but it is a Twi'lek dancing around an A-wing. <laughs> a twi- <laughs> dancing around an A-wing. That's right. <laughs> Thrawn knows what it means to walk along the lonely street of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, you got to imagine all this is coming to a head, guys. I I don't want to spoil any too much for anybody, but there's been a clip released from next week's episode, and we're going to see Mon Mothma show up. And there, we actually next is that week's next episode, week, yeah, next week's episode from the clip that they released today. It it actually sounds like it's the the episode that may give us the formal creation of the rebellion, the Rebel Alliance proper. Yeah. And apparently they're headed to... Dantooine. Dantooine. Yeah, on Dantooine. Um, Well, the rebel base there has been abandoned for some time. Right. So at least a couple of years at that point. At least a couple of years, so... Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, So I guess what I'm asking is, you know, all this seems to be coming to a head. Um, You know, We've only got... We've got, what, three, four episodes left? Yeah. One of the things about this show, uh, as we've as we've gotten closer to the Rebel Alliance, is that there seems to be an understanding of, you know, when you when you think of just of Rogue One, like you know, there's going to be a Rebel Alliance intact, and 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 know that it's going to go forward through Return of the Jedi and win the day. Um, but there are these other things, you know, that make up the journey. And one of the things about the show is, is every season, our main antagonists have ended up biting the bullet. Um, have ended up dying. I mean, it, it, it was shocking in season one. In season two, it was kind of refreshing that the brother and sister went. Um, my question is, do we think, and, and Arish, I know you probably can't answer this question, but Shaz, I'll, so I'll, I'll send it to you. Do you think we're going to see Thrawn die by the no. end of this season? No. He's got a book coming out in April. <laughs> There's no way they're killing him off. <laughs> There is no possible way. I started thinking that. Mm-hmm. I started thinking that. Yeah. Before you, you asked that, and then I thought April, April what? April 11th, I think it is. April 11th. It just yeah. in time for I'm celebration. Thrawn about that one. Uh, he, you know, Thrawn's safe. Thrawn's safe. Why we don't see him in uh, in the movies uh, is still up in the air. I don't know that we're going to see the end of him. You know, because because Rook can't yeah. kill him in this one that's, that's right. just a code thing that's just a, an override true so in uh oh, how great would it be if they brought the nogiri and i've been looking for him for oh, years that would be so awesome all right you heard it here dave filoni i will say this um uh i want to mention again april 11th just in time for celebration thron uh for thronabration thronabration in orlando <laughs> or throndo um <clears throat> <laughs> and when you're there at Celebration, make sure you stop by the Del Rey booth, say hello to Erish, pass the corn. And, um, pass the corn, baby! And, and show some love to Del Rey and, and what's going on down there at, at Star Wars Celebration. We'll be here. And uh, bring all your Tim Zahn books. He will be there. He will be signing. All of them? Um, you can bring, he'll, if, if you show up with all your Thrawn, with all your Zahn Star Wars books, he will sign them all. Oh, wow. Uh, he's gonna... I have I've seen people show up with like suitcases and just open them up. Really? Yeah. Bless his heart, poor guy. Um. So, uh, 
there was one other thing. Oh, yes. I have a new Snoke theory, gentlemen. Uh-oh. Uh, I am calling that, ad- that Lieutenant List is Snoke. He, he goes through all this situation. He's going to get interrogated and tortured. That's going to put some injury on him. Uh, it's going to fuel his anger. And in his anger with the Jedi and with the rebellion and everything, he's going to start to look into those mystical powers of the dark side. He's going to disappear for a while until he comes back on the scene to lead the First Order. List is Thrawn. List is Thrawn? I mean, List is Snoke. <clears throat> well, it, you know, he's overcompensating by making himself look really tall, really large. Right, exactly. Because he is a, kind of a short guy. It's a Wizard of Oz situation. Well, it is a Wizard of Oz situation, but you've got it all wrong. Oh, okay. It is not List. It is C-3PO. How is that even possible? It was revealed to me this weekend. In a vision. uh, No, no, by some teenagers. And we're talking Star Wars things. And and just all of a sudden, this one kid says, you know, C-3PO is actually Snoke. I was like, I've got to hear this Snoke theory. How did they come to that? He he has been at this the whole time. He's always agitated with R2. He's frustrated that he never gets any credit for anything. He had that one little glimpse of power on Endor, Mm. and he has been seeking it ever since. And so he's orchestrated this as kind of a a Wizard of Oz type thing. He doesn't have any power, but he makes everybody think that he does. And, Mm. and, you know, it reminded me of that droids episode with uh, the – not droids. It was a Clone Wars droids episode. Right. With uh, the big Hezu that uh, R2 squashed. By falling over on him, and then they they met up with the other people, and the battle droids were making this big image, and they made everybody bow down to it. You remember this? When they went to, oh. is this? They what? went on the Gulliver's Adventures of of R two and three PO. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Like you, season two, probably. Was this a Melu run? No, 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 not Rebels droids. I mean, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, that was Ezra and Zed that went on the Melu run, right? That's the first time that song's ever been played on the air. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old one. That's a season one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Y'all don't remember that one, huh? It's been done. I cannot remember. I really honestly don't remember when. I'm trying to think of when R2. I, I've, I've, I sort of remember. Yeah, they showed up. Their their Y wing was out of power or something. They landed on this planet. That's the uh, animated part of the no, <laughs> of the no, holiday it special. A lot like the holiday special, doesn't it? But this planet was solid, and they run into these little people. And there was this guy who was bossing them all around. And R two tripped or something and squashed him. And so the, all these little people had a one to fight over who would be in charge. And three PO taught him about democracy. Hmm. This is the Clone Wars. I don't and then they went from all. dealing with the little people to dealing with big people. And the battle droids were controlling some kind of a oh. a god that they all worshipped. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know the episode name, but there were those two droid episodes right together. All right, so, so 3PO's had a taste of power. How did you account for him being an actual organic person, apparently? It, He's not it, saying that he is an organic person. He's, yeah. the, he's the, the guy behind the curtain. All right. I, it's very but, Wizard of Oz. But then he'll know the location of Luke Skywalker based on being there when the map is completed at the end of the movie. Exactly. And so 
So the movie opens up with Luke and Ray under attack from the First Order? It, it Very shortly. Very uh, shortly. He's got to complete Kylo Ren's training first. Yeah. Um, Steve, you're you're seeing this wrong. The movie opens with Luke and Ray under attack from C-3PO. Mm, that's true. That's true. It's it's when he got infected by the red. Sir, arm. I am here to defeat you, sir. C-3PO, <laughs> <laughs> my dad made you. And then you can't be to, against me. I am here to teach you a thing or two about etiquette and protocol. <laughs> and that, and of course, that ticks R two off, who's on the Millennium Falcon with Chewie. And uh, and uh, over it's well, over. Episode eight is over. Is we thought that R two was in this like self induced like coma. What if it was three PO that the did whole that time? And then R two was finally able to work out the programming to wake himself up because he's R two. Yes, R two R two pulled a Jarvis mm-hmm. and, and woke him, defeated the system oh. from within. Erish Shurnavice, I love you so much, my brother from another mother. For bringing in Age of Ultron into this conversation, that is glorious. We're going Patton Oswalt with this, my friend. Um, I will tell you this: I don't know if you guys have watched the Arl Not Star Wars series. Um, I can't. Have you seen the 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 Creepio one? The um... right with Creepio, yeah. This they do a whole. They've got five episodes out right now. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, they take and they just dub over a lot of different stuff and make the story something completely different than what it is. Like the Jedi what are all... What is this called? It's called... Aural Knots. It's Aural Knots. A-U-R-A-L. Oh, I and, gotcha. And it starts with Star Wars Episode One Jedi Party, and the Jedi are like partiers. That's the whole thing. And and so that's the, that is the basis of everything. But then this is, the, this is what happens... When Anakin turns on C-3PO for the first time, a.k.a. Creepio, and, and this may play into your Snoke theory a little bit, listen to 3PO come alive. If it'll play for me here. Sorry. There we go. Why do you awaken me without skin? No. Ah. What of a bargain? You promised me flesh. Raw nerves. <laughs> <laughs> and so the whole thing is Creepio goes on to be he's wanting to blow up everything. <laughs> and the la- okay. and the and the Death Star, when they get to the Death Star, it's called the Laser Moon, and it's just supposed to be a big laser tag in- installment. Uh where people go to play laser tag. <laughs> and and Creepio reprograms the whole thing to blow up a planet. <laughs> And so now Darth Vader, who is middle management in this whole conglomeration, is dealing with the public outcry of them blowing up the planet. But when he comes awake, oh! Why'd you wake me up with that? Why'd you wake me up with no skin? What of our bargain? They do do another one. Well, R2 is called Fart 2. Mm hmm. And they do one where they take the the old uh, anti-smoking PSA that they did with them with R two yes. and three PO, and yes. they turn they turn that into a far two and creepio thing. Yes, where they just talk about meat bags and stuff like that. Well, and far two talks in old uh, video game sound effects instead of beeps and boops. It's like uh, sound effects from different video games that you'll notice Which here games? and there. Come on. Um, like, oh, there's okay. a lot. There's a lot of great Arl Not stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go off on a quick tangent Please here. Do. One of my favorites is 
they did one 10 ways to improve the hobbit oh and i mean what one of one of the ways is it needs more jackson and so they, they Wait a like they, jackson the ro- the rabbit no like oh. michael jackson yes so they, they take michael jackson's beat it and they work it into like one of the um uh one of the dwarves like songs that they sing and it's like in the background during like you know they're like long journey scenes and stuff like that mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. just keep they just keep adding stuff like they instead of calling gandalf gandalf they call him gandarf they do one um, they do one with uh transformers 10 ways to improve transformers oh i got to look and at like that. number 3 is every time there's an explosion john cena's music hits <laughs> and for the rest of the countdown, if they're doing a scene and all of a sudden an explosion happens, they hit John Cena's music. It's- yeah, yeah, they keep they they layer it. So like you know they start with number one, but by the time you get to like eight or nine, like everything that came before it is worked into the scene. So it'll right. be like you know like the the Hobbit needs more special effects. So all of a sudden like the big mountain giants are shooting lasers at each other. Um, out of their eyes, but like the Michael Jackson score is like playing in the background during it and stuff. Needs more Wilhelm screams. <laughs> so every time, like that scene where they're in the goblet, like underground city, and they're all falling off the bridges and stuff, it's just one Wilhelm <laughs> scream after the next. <laughs> every, every time one of them falls off, it's a Wilhelm scream. Have so you... it'll be like. Ten Wilhelm screams at once going on. <laughs> have you seen have you seen the one they do for Dark Knight Rises? No. They um it's it's Dark Knight Rises and so like they just keep cutting from scene to scene and, and Bane is like a health nut. And so Oh, I think I have seen So that. in the episode and so in the part of the movie where he's out like reading the letter from Jim Gordon to the people of Gotham or whatever and like the the streets go nuts, it's him um getting everyone's lunch order and he's like, All right. Alan, you want a salad? Good choice. Yes. Pizza? <laughs> I have seen that one. Pizza? Come on, Jerry. You know. <laughs> and when and and the scene where she's like, my mom told me never to get in a, stra- a car with strangers. <laughs> Batman goes, this is no car, and then it hits a. <laughs> it's so good. But their best listen. Their best thing they did was um, was the uh, the no music at the end of Star Wars, where they do the throne room scene. Yes, and um, and when Chewie turns to roar, it's like <laughs> it is <Yes>. hilarious. <laughs> yep. So anyhow, well, that's what we call, ladies and gentlemen, a tangent. Um. So <laughs> Uh, Eris, anything else about this episode before we wrap her up? No, I just I, I just thought it was a great episode. A lot, lot of good stuff in it. A lot of intrigue. A few funny little moments, too. Um, yeah, it's just this season has been I, I, the best season they've done so far. It, it's, it's been, been really strong. It's been the most consistent. And... Um, and... and and even the lower moments haven't been as as off-putting as some of the lower moments of the uh, of the prior seasons. So yeah, it's it's that, and it seems the through line has been a little bit more consistent with things. I think. Shaz, final thoughts about this episode? 
Well, everything that we've said, you know, it's just huge, but uh, huge, huge, huge I'm on TV huge. right now. Um, huge. But th- there were throwbacks to, to Heir to the Empire. There were thro- a lot of throwbacks to A New Hope, to the cameras in the detention area, the Death Star hum on the bridge of the Star Destroyer, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, just that just happens underneath everything is yeah. so Star Wars. And I love it. I love it when it puts everything together. Agreed. And this one did it. Agreed. Well, that wraps us up on this tangential episode of Rebel Yell. I thought this was a very just thick episode. It's one of the more, uh, even with all our silliness, I just noticed we were talking more in depth about this episode than we've been able to for the past few because there just there was so much intrigue and stuff going on in this episode and, and a lot of things happening. So um, I, I really enjoyed it. Thought it was a, a good addition and I can't wait to see where this thing's going, especially with next week knowing that Mon Mothma's going to be there, and we're going to start looking into the creation of the Rebel Alliance. Uh, we're going all these places where we promised we would go, and can't wait to see what the future holds for Star Wars Rebels. Eris Chernovice is at Darth Duff, Darth underscore Duff on the Twitter. Um, Eris, anything outside of Thrawn coming from Del Rey? I know Empire's End is out right now. Yeah, Empire's End just went on sale last week. Uh, Thrawn, April 11th, and then we just announced... Um, we just announced a new novel coming from Christy Golden called Inferno Squad that is uh, kind of takes place right after Rogue One and um, and A New Hope. So uh, that should be pretty exciting. Rock and roll. And that'll be out in July. It's the other sequel to Rogue One is what we like to say. <laughs> the other sequel. Shaz, tell us about Techno Retro Dads and where we can find it, sir. Or you can find us at uh, technoretrodads.com or libsyn.technoretrodads.com. It's much easier to, to find. Is that where it is? I, you know, you just find us at retrozap.com and you'll find, find Techno Retro Dads. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. You can now find us on Google Play, I believe. Someone asked for that, so we tried to do it. But you know what you can find? You can find 1977 all year long. We've been talking about Aftershocks of 77. Eris, you're going to like this. Delray was one of our Aftershocks from 77. As they started uh, in in full force with original books that year. Uh-huh. Not just reprints. So I was I was thinking of you that whole week we were talking about uh, that. I'm going to have to listen to that episode. I was born, so we I was are, born uh, the same year as Delray. <laughs> We're doing all kinds of stuff, well, you know, from cartoons to movies to video games to cereal. Have you been eating your Girl Scout cereal? Dude, I've tried the Thin Mints. I haven't tried the Caramel Crunch. I've got a box of Thin Mint cereal in there. It's pretty good. Caramel Wait, Crunch what? is great. The Girl thin Scout Girl Scouts cereal? cookies, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Very um, good. Not uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but man, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. No, no. So, but uh, you know we're doing all that, and like I said, um, this week it's Rocky. Next week it's Kong. I hear you. Kong. All right, that's Kong a t- with Glenn in it. If you're not checking out Techno Retro Dads, you're missing a good time. You need to check it out. It's it's uh, Shaz and our but good buddy Jedi Schwa, who we've got to get to come on the show with us at some point. We got to have both the Techno Retro Dads on here at some point. Uh, next week, what is the title of the episode next week? Do we know? Is it Secret Cargo? It might be, yeah. Hold on one second. Let me see if I. I keep seeing two different names, like "Stand Against the Empire," "Secret Cargo." I'm confused. Stand in the place where you are. Well, they kind of they put like the one name on the clip that they put out, right? And then, uh, 
Yeah, it's called Secret, Secret Cargo. Secret Cargo. Secret and the Cargo. Name of the, the name of the clip that they put out is Stand Against. Isn't that a Bruce Springsteen song he wrote for uh, Jerry Maguire, Secret Cargo? No, I think Secret, it's Secret Cargo. Secret Cargo. Yes. cargo. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what we are. <laughs> All right. Hiding the boxes. <laughs> Oh, for Eric Chernevice, for Shaz Bazaar, I'm Steve Glosson. We will see you guys next time on Rebel Yell. That was Jedi Party from the Arnold Nuts. I was gonna say I have no idea what that uh, is. He starts I, naming. I thought it was Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, it kind of it's a it's a parody of that, but he starts naming all the different um, Jedi. Like, listen, Barris, Stannis. Then he goes to Game of Thrones. Evan Peel, Ayla, Django, and Django, and Django. They keep cutting the different clones. They're like Django, and Django, and Django. <laughs> Jedi party!